What people think is a quote unquote stupid question, they don't realize that foundational questions and asking foundational questions are literally a CEO level skill. Often the impact that you have in a room when you do that is people see you as taking a leadership role, as caring about the work, as being very direct, as getting the information that you need to do your job well. People sense that energy. Your boss senses that energy. When there's someone in the room who is focused on doing it well, people pick up on that. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. I am Jess. I'm the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am an ex-corporate executive, and I am a coach for ambitious female professionals who are working on finding their voice and feeling more confident at work and who want to be on a powerful path to leadership. That is what I do. And I'm feeling full of joy and exuberance as I record this because y'all, the Art of Speaking Up podcast was recently featured in the New York Times. What? I just found out about that this morning. I record these episodes several weeks ahead, so I'm recording this towards the end of January, but I just found out this news this morning, and this is bananas to me. This It's very hard for me to even process, and I had no idea that The Art of Speaking Up was going to be featured in the New York Times. I found out about it because a friend of mine stumbled across the article and texted it to me and congratulated me. And when I saw her text message, I was like, what is she congratulating me for? And the article was behind a paywall. So she like sent me this link and was like, oh my God, congratulations. And I was like, what, like what, what is this for? Why are you congratulating me? And I texted back and forth with her and I got access to the article. And this show was featured in the New York Times in an article, which I will link in the show notes in case you want to check it out. Please share it with people you know, people who would benefit from this podcast. But the reason that I'm sharing this now is one, to just role model for you taking up space and celebrating and owning achievements and milestones and accomplishments. Because I know for so many of my clients, it can be really hard for them to own their successes when those big successes and wins happen. And I think that the more that we get to watch other women doing that, I think it helps It helps you in your process of learning how to authentically take up space and talk about the things that you've achieved, whether that's in a job interview or you're having a professional development conversation with your manager or you're just celebrating something that happened the way I am. I think it's so important for us as women to own not just our successes, but everything that we poured into that result. And that kind of brings me to the second reason why I'm sharing this all with you on the podcast is because I'm not 
on the surface, I'm celebrating that this is a very exciting achievement for me as a podcast host. I was in this article. It was six career podcasts to listen to. Some of the ones on there were huge podcasts like How I Built This and one of Esther Perel's podcasts. So I was in this article with these really big name figures. And that, of course, is so exciting. But what I realized through this experience is that what I really felt proud of was the fact that I committed to doing something hard and believing in myself and really putting myself out there in a big, big way, even when I had an audience of zero, even when I was terrified, even when I thought people would judge me, even when I felt very, very afraid, I struggled with an enormous amount of anxiety and insecurity in launching this show. And I did it anyway, and I moved through it anyway. And those initial months of me doing this show were very uncomfortable. I did not feel confident. I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed of what I was doing, but I kept putting one foot in front of the other because I believed in what I could become and I believed in what this show could become. And if you are in a process of finding your voice, finding your confidence, trying to believe that you can have a strong voice, trying to believe that one day you will be able to speak up so powerfully in that meeting, and you are in a place where that feels very far away from your current reality, the most impactful thing that you can choose to do is to keep moving forward anyway. The hardest part of our growth journey is taking those steps forward and believing before we're seeing any sort of growth, before we're seeing the results, It's believing during those times when it feels so unlikely and the odds feel like they're just totally against you and you feel embarrassed to believe in this goal or believe in this dream because it feels like a pie in the sky. It is those moments where you're willing to have your own back and honor your desires and take courageous steps towards them, even though you're feeling doubtful. That is what helps you grow your confidence and build and achieve things that you are so damn proud of. And I I want to use my journey as an example for you, right? I had a journey in corporate where I had super intense imposter syndrome, doubted myself, hid in meetings, was operating way below my career potential, and I eventually got to a place where I was high performing, I became an executive, I was super successful. And I've been on a journey with this podcast where I wasn't confident in it at all when I launched it and I struggled so much. And in both cases, I was just willing to love myself deeply enough to keep going and stay committed even when it felt hard. And so I want to use this as an opportunity to remind you and inspire you to do the same. The thing that you want is possible for you. The thing that you're wondering if you can do or be or have is possible as long as you decide that you're going to do whatever you need to do to make it happen. The only thing standing in between you and who you want to be is you taking the steps to become that person, that version of you, that confident woman, that woman who speaks up and commands respect and who feels and sounds powerful and confident when she speaks. It is truly within your power to create that result. And I want to inspire you to stick with 
whatever your dream is, whatever the thing is that you're building, because you don't know what might happen one year later, two years later. For me, in this case, I've had this podcast for almost five years. So at that time, when I was sitting in my closet, sweating, trying to record and not able to because I was so anxious and self-conscious, I had no idea that five years later, my podcast would appear on the New York Times. And imagine if I had given up and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is too hard. I would have missed out on this experience. So something for you to think about and reflect on. And with that, I'm going to pivot into the topic of today's episode, which is a topic that I'm so excited about which is the topic of stupid questions. And I have a lot to say about stupid questions. This is a topic that comes up so often inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is my group program where I support my clients in finding a confident voice. And the topic of stupid questions comes up very frequently inside the sessions that I hold for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And so that is a sign to me that this topic would benefit from even more exploration on the podcast. And so I'm going to be talking about stupid questions and I'm going to be making a case for you that you should ask a lot of stupid questions. And my hope is that by the end of this episode, you are thinking about this topic a little bit differently and feeling a little bit differently about the idea of stupid questions than you were feeling at the beginning. One brief announcement before I dive into the stupid questions deep dive is this episode has an inside the academy segment at the very end. Inside the Academy is a special segment that I created on my podcast, where at the end of some of my podcast episodes, I give you a behind the scenes sneak peek at my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. That's the one I mentioned just a minute or two ago. It is such a powerful program for ambitious women to find their voice and become confident communicators at work. And I wanna give you a taste of what you experience in that program so that the next time I open doors and you're thinking of enrolling, you have a sense of what it's like to work with me inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And so you will want to stick around to the end of this episode, past the very end of the music to get that behind the scenes sneak peek at the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And now on to stupid questions. So here's the first thing I wanna say. (laughs) The title of this episode is a little bit clickbaity, but it had to be clickbaity because I don't use the phrase stupid questions. I don't think that that's a thing that is possible to exist. So I see the world of questions in two types. There are foundational questions and then there are non-foundational questions. A foundational question is just what it sounds like. It's a question that helps you understand the basics, the foundations, the 101, the ABCs. It's a foundational question that you ask to make sure that you are clear on the foundations. And a regular question is just a regular question. So it's not a question about something foundational. Maybe it's a question about something that's a nuance or something that's a detail or something that's more advanced or complicated. 
And so that's how I see the world of questions. I don't see the world of questions in terms of smart questions versus stupid questions. It like the quest how could the question be smart or stupid? Right. But I use that word in the title of this episode because so many of my clients see the world of questions in terms of like, is this a stupid question? But when we ask, is this a stupid question? A question is not an entity that can be smart or stupid. Right. Like that's kind of like saying, is this a stupid word? I don't know. It's a word. I think what we're really asking when we ask, is this a stupid question is we're asking Am I stupid for having this question? So it's actually not so much about the question as it is about our relationship with ourselves. When we actually look at where the fear is, the fear is not around the question itself. It's around what us having that question means about us. And so in order to become liberated and to free yourself in meetings to ask the questions that you need to ask to get the information that you need to do your job well, there are two things that you need to do. One is you need to understand the value and importance and urgency in foundational questions. And then two, you need to reckon with your fears and feelings around what a foundational question means about your competence and intelligence. If that sounds like a lot, it is a lot, but I'm going to break it down and simplify it for you in this episode. So I'm going to start with walking you through the enormous value and urgency of foundational questions. I cannot overstate this because what people think is a quote unquote stupid question, they don't realize that foundational questions and asking foundational questions are literally a CEO level skill. So it's not even that your question is neutral. It's that knowing how to gather foundational information and create clarity for yourself and everyone in the room around you is the skill of an executive. This is why I get very fired up when people beat themselves up over having quote unquote stupid questions. Cause it's like, not only is your question not stupid, but you are shaming yourself for doing something that is actually quite an important and advanced skill. So I want, I want to hammer this home. Being good at asking foundational questions is an advanced skill. Just because the question is foundational doesn't mean the skill is foundational. Getting foundations is an advanced skill. Not everyone is good at it. It is an extremely important capability to have in order to navigate complex projects and business problems. You cannot successfully do that without the advanced skill of knowing how to ask foundational questions. So I want to be crystal clear in this episode. I want to leave no room for ambiguity here quote unquote, stupid questions, or as I call them, foundational questions, the ability to ask them and ask them well and effectively gather key information that is needed to execute in your job is an advanced skill. This is why I have a lot of passion around this topic, because I'm like, okay, we need to 
straighten out your mindset around this because you're thinking about this in a disempowering way and I want you to think about it in an empowering way. So in order for me to hammer home the importance of foundational questions, I want to talk about the role that a foundation plays. And I want to bring us back to something I think we all know is true, but that I think we forget a lot of the time, which is that any great work of art, any great creation, any great project at work, any great discovery, any great insight, anytime we are creating any form of a masterpiece, it starts with a foundation. Whether it's an artist, painting a beautiful painting, Bob Ross comes to mind. When you watch Bob Ross paint, he starts with a foundation on the canvas. The first thing that he puts on the canvas is not the beautiful, amazing, exciting trees or the sunset. It's just getting that initial coat on getting those foundations. A sculptor creating a sculpture starts with a blob and they (laughs) create foundations by making the blob less blobby. When a famous screenwriter or director is coming up with an idea for a movie, they start with just a character, a person, before they get into all the complexities of the script and the nuance and the little moments that they're going to create in the screenplay and the film. Every great masterpiece starts with a foundation, and we cannot add those nuances and those layers and all of the complexity without a solid foundation. Skipping the foundation is not a good idea if you're trying to create something incredible. You have to slow down and make sure you have something upon which you can build. You have to slow down and make sure you have something secure and clear that you can build on top of. And that is why foundational questions are so important. If you want to create great things in your job and achieve great outcomes and have big successes, you cannot skip past the foundations. They're what's going to enable you to execute at a high level. And you might notice that when you don't ask your foundational questions, You leave meetings feeling disoriented and confused, and you're not able to create as strong a work product until you get that information. Now, here's why asking foundational questions is such an advanced skill. When we are at work doing projects, sharing information, getting a new piece of work going for the first time, we don't have the gift of having in like volumes and volumes of instructions and encyclopedias and context and details that tells us exactly how we're going to execute each project. What usually happens is someone has an idea for something that they want to do, and then you help them bring it to life. You help them create it. So it's it's not common, especially if you're in a role where you're on a track to leadership, it's not common that your role is going to be you copy pasting, creating the same exact thing over and over and over. What is more likely in your role is that each project is a little bit different and has different challenges and different goals and different nuances and your team's objectives and your company's objectives evolve and change, which means your work evolves and changes and everything you work on, 
Every new project has its own unique goals, its own unique twists and turns and pivots that you are constantly having to adapt to. So there is no manual out there that you can wake up in the morning and read before you sit down at your job for the day that will help you know exactly what to do that day and exactly what is needed and exactly what is expected of you. Instead of having that manual with all the context you would ever need to do your job, you have in place of that messy conversations where leaders share their goals with you, where your boss tells you what they want you to work on or create. And these messy conversations are unlike a clear, highly detailed encyclopedia that has everything you could ever need. You're just getting someone's often raw, unfiltered thoughts, and you're using those conversations to shape the direction of your work. And often, as you rise into leadership and become more valuable to your company, the leaders above you will give you messier and messier and messier thoughts. So rather than them saying, hey, I need you to do this exact thing, this exact way, this exact project, this exact timeline, these exact stakeholders, these exact steps, and this exact outcome, go do it. (laughs) Instead of them saying that, they're going to say, hey, I want to grow revenue next quarter. Help me with that. Or, hey, I want to try something different for our next marketing campaign. Help me with that. And the more valuable you become to your organization and the more executives know that they can rely on you and that you can deliver, the more they're going to give you messy thoughts, messy instructions, messy context, and they're going to be relying on you to clean it up and make sense of it and then go and execute it. This is why gathering foundations is an essential skill as an executive because you are going to be handed a mess, something ambiguous, something unclear. It's not gonna be written down clearly. It's going to be probably shared with you verbally or in a short email. And you are going to have to figure it out. And the way that you're gonna figure it out, one of the ways is establishing foundations. Literally, by asking a series of quote unquote stupid questions, you are going to take a directive from your leaders, from your boss, from executives at your company, And you're going to take the chaos of that and create something clear and streamlined that you can go deliver on. So when your boss says, hey, let's do this thing, or your company is going in this new direction, you're using foundational questions to shape how you can help contribute to that outcome. So you would begin asking things like, tell me more about this objective. Explain where this came from. And so it's literally the same If you're sitting in a meeting, right, you're getting a snippet of either instructions for starting a project or maybe it's someone else's project, but you're getting a glimpse. You're getting a glimpse of something that is complex and ever evolving. And whether you're leading it or you're just inputting and helping with it, for you to play a role and move the needle forward, you either have to establish the foundations and build them from scratch, like I was saying before, Or you need to make sure that you understand the foundations that someone else has laid in their project. And when someone puts something in front of you and you feel confused, be careful to assume that it's because you don't get it and you're not smart and something is wrong with you. What's really happening is that they've already set their foundations. They understand those foundations. They're farther along and you're getting looped in later and you haven't had the foundations yet. So you need to understand what those foundations are in order for you to properly contribute. 
So what I really want you to take away from this is I want you to stop thinking in terms of stupid versus not stupid questions. And I just want you to think in terms of foundations versus the more advanced stages of a piece of work. And I want you to make gathering foundations, whether you're creating a project and building the foundations or whether you're understanding the foundations that someone else's project is built upon. But I want you to make understanding the foundations and having that clarity a top priority because that is literally a leadership and executive skill that helps you execute at a higher level. Now, I do want to talk about this idea of fearing that you might sound stupid. Hopefully you understanding that all you're doing are building foundations that might not have been clear from the start. Hopefully that dissipates some of your fear of asking a stupid question. But I want you to remember that when your mind is saying, is this a stupid question? Often what's really happening is your mind is saying, am I stupid for asking this question? And I think it's really important, like if you want to grow real actual confidence that lasts and you want to be able to have a big career and be able to handle the ups and downs of that and really show up strong, you're going to have to reckon with your own relationship with yourself. And when your relationship with yourself is strong, it is easier to tolerate the fear of potentially looking or sounding stupid. And when your relationship with yourself is shaky or wobbly or weak, it's really hard to tolerate the fear of potentially sounding stupid. And what I would never, ever want to do on this show is tell you that the answer to your career and to building confidence is to never sound stupid, right? That's how you're going to impress people because that would miss an important underlying muscle that is essential to help you blossom into a strong, powerful, confident leader, which is that in order for you to take up space and contribute at your maximum level, you have to have a relationship with yourself that is so strong and in intimacy with yourself that is so strong that you can tolerate the discomfort of doubt and of wondering whether your intellect is good enough. When that fear comes up and that feeling comes up of what if this question is stupid, which is really just like, what if I am stupid? The goal is to get to a place, not where you have to always prove that you're smart, but to get to a place where you feel like it's okay. You like yourself no matter what. You're not so, so concerned with the image that you project outwards to the world around you because you're strong enough inside to have your own back no matter what and to show up authentically and ask the real questions that you have and be able to tolerate the reactions that that elicits in other people. This is a huge thing that gets missed in the self-help industry when it comes to the fear of judgment. People often say, don't worry, no one's judging you. They're in their heads. They're not worried about you. And there's some truth in that. But if that's the only mindset tool you have to overcome fear of judgment, you're going to cap yourself and really limit your own growth. What is far more powerful is to say, how does a badass, strong, confident leader approach fear of judgment? How do they think about fear of judgment? Because my answer to that question is, oh, a strong, powerful, badass leader 
understands that what's most important is for them to take the action and do the thing that's authentic and true to them and that they believe is the best for their work. And if there are people that think the question is stupid, they are okay with that trade-off. They are okay with taking up the space and taking the action that's the authentic action, the action of a leader, because that's more important to them than protecting their self-image and having this perfect, shiny, squeaky self-image. Now, this is not to say that your question is stupid. Again, I think asking foundational questions, often the impact that you have in a room when you do that is people see you as taking a leadership role, as caring about the work, as being very direct, as getting the information that you need to do your job well. So it's it's unlikely that you're going to sound stupid, but I just want to raise your awareness of what mindset work you might have ahead of you if the fear of sounding stupid feels very intense within you. And it's very scary for you to think about that as a possibility. What that means is that there is an opportunity there to deepen your relationship with yourself and come closer to that version of you that has your own back no matter what that takes the action that's authentic, that takes the action that is best for the work, that takes the action that represents your truth, as opposed to the action that comes from trying to control what people think about you. But what I really want you to take away from this episode is that every great masterpiece has to have a foundation. And if you are in the business of creating masterpieces in your job, you have to have foundations too. And when you start taking those foundations seriously and you treat them with the urgency they require, you start speaking up to get the information that you need. And when you do that, people sense that energy. Your boss senses that energy. When there's someone in the room who is focused on doing it well and doing it right, people pick up on that. So people are far less likely to be like, oh, I can't believe she's asking that she's so stupid. They're far less likely to pick up on that. They're far more likely to pick up on, oh my gosh, she's making sure that nothing slips through the cracks and she's taking this mess of a topic that we're looking at and she's making sense of it. That is a highly, highly, highly valuable impression for you to make in a room. So in summary, Everything you're working on requires a foundation, just like every great screenplay and painting. (laughs) Shout out to Bob Ross and sculpture and literally anything that anyone could make. It starts with a foundation. And as a leader, you have to take the foundation really, really seriously, which means if something is missing from the foundation, you make sure to get it. And if you have this fear around sounding stupid and people judging you, ask yourself, As a leader, how do I want to approach the fear of judgment, right? What do I want to be able to say that I'm able to do as a leader? I don't know about you, but for me, the answer to that question is I want to say I show up as me and I say and express what's true to me and the work that I'm doing, even if I feel afraid of what people might think of me. And let me tell you, when you show up that way, it'll move your career forward way, way faster than when you hide and don't get what you need and don't ask what's truly on your mind out of the fear of asking a stupid question. So in summary, I think that you should ask lots of stupid questions. Stick around because I'm now going to transition into the Inside the Academy segment where you will get to learn more about my group 
the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And if this episode resonated with you, the Art of Speaking Up Academy is the perfect place for you because inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, which you'll hear about in the segment after this, I'm doing exactly what I'm doing in this episode, which is I'm helping you have the confidence of a leader. And when you have that type of confidence, you make such a powerful impression in these professional interactions. So let's dive in. I'll catch you there. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is where you go to find a voice that's equal parts confident and authentic. It's a place where you get to indulge your belief that the big confidence and career that you desire is totally 100% possible for you. I went from doubting myself constantly and thinking I wasn't as smart as everyone else to thriving in my corporate career and building a reputation as an unstoppable thought leader. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I'll teach you everything you need to know to do the same so you can take up lots of space and build a career so exciting you kind of want to brag about it. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to Inside the Academy. I'm so happy to have you here and I've had so much fun creating this series. Thank you for tuning in and I am excited because today I'm going to be taking you behind the scenes into one of my favorite components, not just of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, but of the whole profession of coaching and all of the work that I do, which is the support the love, the coaching, the mentorship, the guidance, the accountability that you get when you are part of a coaching program. So you all probably know this, right? But I'm a coach. (laughs) And so I run the Art of Speaking Up Academy. That is my group program. If it's your first time hearing about the Academy, it is a group program for ambitious professional women designed to help you become a confident communicator. You learn about confidence, executive presence, executive communication, and assertiveness. But it's not just about learning surface level skills. It's about doing that deeper mindset work to find your confidence and ignite that part of you that believes in you so that you can take up more space and be super bold in meetings and in your day-to-day job. And I get very, very excited talking about that because as a coach, my job is to help my clients transform. Truly at the heart of what I do is I help you achieve a change that you've been trying to achieve that has been difficult for you to achieve on your own. And one of the reasons why coaching works, this has been shown to be true in the world of psychotherapy, is that when we go from being alone in our problem and trying to solve it and fix it and manage it on our own, when we go from that solitude to being in a supportive relationship that is designed to help us with the problem, that relationship, the support, the accountability, the consistency offers us a psychological boost, a sense of safety, a sense of partnership that supports us much more deeply than the way that we are able to feel supported when we are tackling our big goals and our big challenges on our own. And one of the things that is most valuable 
about the Art of Speaking Up Academy. In addition to the rich curriculum and the high-level, sophisticated communication tools that you learn in that program, in addition to the actual tools and stuff you learn, what is also highly valuable is the support, the accountability, the coaching, and the community. When you go from trying to tackle things alone to having a group of women who are there with you every week cheering you on and also stretching themselves, it changes the way things feel for you. Suddenly, you stop questioning, am I the only one going through this? Is something wrong with me? Am I the one person who's so messed up and broken that this is so hard? You go from spinning in those questions, which weigh on your confidence and make you feel like crap, to having a real answer to those questions and seeing, no, I am not alone. No, I am not the only one. No, I am not broken. There are other people dealing with and navigating this very common human experience that I thought was unique to me because I thought something was wrong with me. And when you're in the group, you get to see that. And it is that internal shift that gives you the courage to start listening to the voice in you that says, but what if you can? Because when you're bogged down by this fear that something's wrong with you, that you're broken, that you're the only one struggling, believing in your dreams and believing in that powerful, confident woman that you want to become is way too scary. You don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want to reach for a dream that is so disconnected from reality. And so you shove that vision away and you get very, very stuck in the problem and this fear that something is wrong with you, that you must be broken. But when you see that you are not alone, when you are part of a supportive community, suddenly it ignites this courage within you to say, hmm. Maybe I can believe in that teeny tiny quiet little voice in the back of my head that says, maybe I am destined to be a leader. Maybe I am really good at this. Maybe I do have it in me to communicate really confidently and powerfully in my role. And as you spend time with your cohort inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, because it's a small group program, you have a cohort of other women who are going through the program alongside you, the more time you spend with them, the more that sense of being broken and being the only one shrinks because you are having an experience every week where you see just how untrue that is. And more importantly, your internal belief in yourself grows. So it's that sense of insecurity and and doubting yourself that shrinks and what grows in its place is the belief that you can do it. And then you watch the other women in your cohort stretching themselves and doing things that scare them and it inspires you to do the same. And when you exit your comfort zone and you take up more space and you speak in that meeting and you handle that presentation with total CEO energy, you get celebrated by us. And as I ran this program, what I want for my clients in the Art of Speaking Up Academy is I want my clients to feel deeply supported. I want you to enter into the program And as soon as it starts and you see what you're getting and you see what it's going to be like, 
you breathe a sigh of relief. It's like a weight lifts from your shoulders because you're like, I have so much here to help me. And it feels so supportive and good. Because when you can take that exhale, that sigh of relief, you know you have the help, you know you have the resources that you need, that frees you up to dream and stretch and grow into something bigger. And so I asked myself, how could I offer you even more of that inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy? And as part of the experience, I now offer unlimited support and personalized coaching and guidance from me not just inside the sessions themselves where you get to learn and be with your cohort and learn new skills, but in between sessions so that for the entire duration of the program, it's not just a Zoom call on your calendar every week, although that call is enormously impactful and powerful, but you are connected always to me and the women in your cohort so that you can get help and support. So what I am now doing, both for the current round and future rounds of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, is we have a private Slack workspace that is only available to your cohort of the Academy. And that is a space that you can reach out to anytime you need help, you need support, you want to be celebrated. And there's a channel in there. We have a channel in our Slack called Hashtag Coaching. This is the channel where you can reach out to me personally anytime you need help, support, inspiration, encouragement, or guidance. I have worked with many, many, many one-on-one clients. And what I have seen through those one-on-one client-coach relationships is that when I can connect with my clients in between our sessions, because my one-on-one clients, they can text me anytime they want. When I can connect with my clients in between our sessions, I can do deeper work with them. They can grow faster because my relationship with them gets deeper. And when they get stuck on something that happens in the middle of the week in between our sessions, they don't have to wait until our session. They can reach out to me then and there and we can talk it through and figure out a solution. And I wanted to offer the same thing to my clients inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And so when you are inside the Academy, you can use our Slack workspace, not just to keep in touch with your cohort and stay connected and inspire each other and celebrate each other, but also to get support from me. If you have something specific, you're stressed out preparing for a meeting, you have questions, you're not sure about how you're supposed to prepare for your next meeting, you're feeling lost, you're questioning yourself, you're doubting yourself, you need me to answer a very specific question that is just specific to you, you can ping me and I will get in there and get my hands dirty and help you because that is something that I love to do. And one of the reasons that help is so valuable is because when I'm supporting you, I'm bringing all of my experience to help you get through whatever challenge or struggle is in your way. I have nearly a decade of corporate experience where I started out very quiet, very insecure, and eventually became a confident executive, and I was thriving in my corporate career. I have hundreds upon hundreds of one-on-one coaching hours that I've done with my clients, and so I have a very clear understanding of what actually will help you achieve a lasting transformation. And not only that, but I now have two years of supervision and mentorship from a licensed psychotherapist. I take my client work and my coaching 
very seriously. I definitely have a sense of humor. You hear me joke around on the podcast a lot, but when it comes to supporting my clients, helping them get what they came for, helping them achieve lasting change in our work together, I have put so much focus into making sure I'm bringing the highest quality level of coaching to my clients. And so for the past two years, I have been under the mentorship of the coach that I have worked with for many, many years to grow my confidence because that work was so impactful for me that I was like, I want to bring this to my clients. I want to help them experience the same transformation that I did. And so I have been studying under her for two years to really understand how we build a sense of confidence from the inside out that is lasting, that is sustainable, that is not just surface level. And so when you reach out to me for help, for guidance, for coaching, that is the level of support and guidance that you will be getting and it will be personalized to you. So you won't slip through the cracks, you will get the support that you need. And possibly most importantly, you will stay inspired because right now you're moving through every day and all of these challenges and obstacles alone. And you have to create that inspiration on your own, right? Like within yourself. It reminds me of people being stuck on an island and they have to start a fire from scratch. It is exponentially harder to start a fire from scratch when there's no fire versus to have a fire that has already been built and then to use that fire to create other fires. So when you don't have support, you're alone, you're you're not part of a community, you're trying to create that fire, that belief in yourself, that confidence, that inspiration from scratch. So you're rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and it's so hard and it takes so much energy and then you get a fire and then it goes out because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't big enough. And when you're part of this group, it's like, I have the fire for you. You get to come in and dip your stick into it whenever your fire grows out. And it is through the experience of doing that for weeks and then months that your fire starts to get stronger on its own and you leave the program with a fire that you can carry with you. It isn't so vulnerable. It isn't so susceptible. And that is in part because of the fact that in between our sessions, you can draw on that support and that inspiration and get your fire stoked whenever you need to. This is possibly one of my favorite components of the Academy. And like I said, one of my favorite components of the work that I do, because truly as a coach, it is my job to help you transform. And through our Slack channel in between the sessions that we do together inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you have the chance to have touch points with me and the women in your cohort that will help you grow faster. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is the place where you want to be if finding a confident voice is important to you. And let me tell you, when I learned to take up space in my corporate career and I stopped hiding and I started communicating, speaking, acting like a confident leader, my career took off and it became so much less stressful and so much more enjoyable. I stopped feeling dread at having interactions with high-level executives and I started feeling excitement. I stopped feeling so tired at the end of the day of work and I started feeling excited already for the next day. So everything got better and that is what I want for you. The next round of the Art of Speaking Up Academy is going to enroll the first two weeks in May. 
make sure that you are first to find out by adding yourself to the waitlist, which I will link in the show notes. It's jessgesitcoaching.com slash academy. I am so excited to support you in your transformation. Thank you for sticking around all the way to the very end, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.